IBEC, the voice of Irish business. Welcome back to IBEC Responds. Immediately following the publication of Budget 2024, IBEC Chief Economist Ger Brady and his colleague IBEC Economist Hazel Ahern Flynn sit down to discuss what it means for business, providing in-depth insight and analysis. Hi, I'm Hazel Ahern Flynn, uh, economist with IBEC, and I'm here with our Chief Economist and Head of National Policy, Ger Brady. Good evening, everyone. Hi, Ger. So we've just seen a lot of the detail that's come out today for uh, Budget 2024. Uh, I suppose now is a good chance to kind of digest what we've seen, uh, reflect, was it was it a good budget? What were the positives? What were the negatives? Where is there kind of room to improve? Uh, so just to kick it off, I suppose, what would you say about today's budget? Good, bad, indifferent? I think it's probably a good one for business. Uh, I think on balance in the round, right? There's there's things that people can quibble with as there is in, in every budget and you know we're not elective representatives and we're not the ministers for finance or public expenditure so you're always going to have things you disagree with but I think overall business should be fairly happy with today's budget there's probably three or four things we were kind of very much looking for today so there's there's lots of things in the IBEC broad budget submission but three or four things that we really zoned in on in the last number of months as being really important for members the first was this national infrastructure fund the delivery of the national development plan making sure capital projects get delivered and we saw that which is good the second is on cost competitiveness we saw this fund, this €250 million euro fund, announced today, although the details are still a bit sketchy. Um, but it's an important recognition by government that wasn't there before today um, of the increased labour costs imposed by government in, in almost all cases um, through the living wage, auto-enrolment, PRSI increase today, uh, and other challenges that are coming down the line. So there's an important recognition and a big enough fund in terms of €250 million to start getting going on dealing with those issues. Um, the third was probably around R&D tax credit. It was a hugely important scheme for so many of our companies, particularly in that kind of high value add research and development space. Uh, and we saw the changes we needed to see today to offset the, the impact of minimum tax, global minimum tax and multinationals, but also to support uh, startups, founders and, and SMEs more generally. And then the fourth thing we looked at, which was probably the biggest disappointment, was around the National Training Fund. So the National Training Fund didn't get a look in in terms of the actual expenditure today. It was mentioned in the speech, but wasn't in the in terms of, of new spending. That didn't get over the line in terms of finding a way to unlock the one and a half billion euro surplus in that fund. Didn't get over the line today in budget day. But we did get a pretty strong commitment from, from uh, Minister Donoghue in his speech that he recognised the need to unlock it that he was going to work closely with stakeholders to do that. And look, IBEC is going to work very closely with government over the next while to to make good on that promise that it will be unlocked uh, and that, that if legislative change is needed or whatever changes are needed to make sure we can spend that massive surplus on the skills needs that the economy so clearly has, then uh, then we're going to do it. So, so um, look, if you looked across those four areas, there is, you know, progress we're not 100% of the way there in all of them, but there's progress on, on most of them. And, and, you know, that's something to be welcome because you don't get everything you want on budget day. But we got enough, I think, from a business community point of view to, to be quite happy. Yeah, that's great. Great summary. Thanks, Chair. So I suppose you mentioned, look, mostly positives, 
couple of things that maybe we, we would have liked to see more movement on or, or more rapid movement on. Um, when you look at some areas uh, in particular, for example, the, the 250 million proposed for supports for SMEs, if IBEC will be engaging with government kind of in terms of the details and the development of that, what in particular do you think we'd like to see or, or think might be important to include in that process? Like, and um, yeah, for people who want background on it, myself and our, our director of um, of employee relations, Maeve Mackle, we did a podcast and IBEC responds on this uh, last week, um, which kind of gives you the background. But there's really major labour costs coming for, for businesses. We've talked to companies who are facing into 20, 25% increase in their labour costs over the next 26 months, effectively, uh, through the living wage, auto enrolment, PRSI increases that we saw today, and lots of other changes that are coming from government. Um, the scheme that we saw today has no real detail to it yet, though we saw lots of leaks speculating about what it might look like. Um, but we do know it's coming in 2024. We do know it's 250 million. And the core things that we're saying to government today and, and from today on is that, one, we need to get the details in that scheme quick. Um, you know, that this is a challenge that's coming from January 1st, so it needs to be in place before then. And the second part is that it needs to be easy to claim. Like lots of schemes have been launched. We've gone through the experience with TBIS where a lot of companies who, who really should have qualified didn't because of the terms and conditions. It's really important that that scheme, uh, that this scheme now reaches the right companies and that it does so in a way that doesn't make it impossible to use. So look, um, we appreciate that. Then beyond that, this is, as I said, it's probably a two or three year process, a transition towards a kind of a higher labour cost economy. It's it's actually a major structural change in how we set ourselves up as a labour market. Um, and that, need, that, that was recognised in a one-off scheme today. That needs to be recognised in a kind of a structured transition and structured funding of that transition to help companies who are going to take on the vast majority of the cost of this to help offset some of those costs uh, for them and to do so in a deliberative way and, and, and work with business to make sure that that transition is successful. Because what we don't want is labour costs going up and that having really significant impacts in the labour market um, up and down the the, the wage chain. Um, so look, we're seeing probably those three things, um, that it's quick, that it's easy to use and that this is the start of a conversation rather than the end of it. Great, thanks Jerry. Um, it's a good summary of um, of kind of some of the major issues that would have come through today. I suppose final question just to kind of wrap it all up. Uh, one of the the big uh, issues surrounding this budget was was the kind of tough decisions that the state has to make in terms of striking a balance between the need for longer term fiscal stability, but also addressing some really urgent pressures that we have uh, in the economy here. Do you think this budget uh, managed that? Yeah, I think yeah, it's a good question, right? Um, because it's the core of every budget. There's all the things you want to do today and all the things that you might want to do in the future. I, th I think we saw a fairly good balance in that. Look, that balance is made easier by the fact that we have huge amounts of resources right now. So some of those trade-offs don't exist to the extent that they would. So it makes it easier to, to balance um, the long and the short term because you can do both effectively. And it'll get more difficult, I think, in future years with budgets where you'll have to make a choice. But... Insofar as we saw today, in particular, the infrastructure fund and the the commitment to having that infrastructure fund in place, which effectively means that the that, the, that there is a source of funding, should there be a downturn in taxes, that will protect capital projects and that in the climate space will be able to add to the national development plan and do more in terms of public capital projects where they reduce emissions. Um, that's a... 
that's a real positive. Um, and it, there's a reason that businesses were so interested in it because they have this continuing fear, both in the construction sector and in broader business, that as soon as there's a downturn, that there'll be a cut in projects. And what that does is it means we end up having to spend at the top of the cycle all the time. It also means that the sector is unable to invest to build capacity because you have a very capital intensive sector with uh, with you know huge cyclicality, which means you don't invest in, in a sector like that. And, and this fund helps deal with all those issues and ultimately I think will end up helping us to deliver better projects, better value for money and better outcomes in terms of quality of life for the country. So that's a really important step in terms of the long term. And and look, you know, anyone who's watching the news this evening will see all the short term stuff, that how much we're going to get in social welfare, how much we're going to get in tax. And, you know, there's lots of measures there that will support consumer sentiment in the, in the kind of short run that will support the consumer economy. That will mean probably for the first time in, in two years, we'll see uh, disposable incomes after tax incomes for households grow quicker than inflation next year. I think that's pretty nailed on at this stage. Um, so so I think it's a positive from that perspective and something that we're, we're you know, pretty happy with the balance of. Yeah, thanks very much, Chair. So I suppose in summary, look, a lot of good outcomes from today from the budget, as you mentioned those kind of trade-offs may become a little bit more difficult into the medium term, but but overall there, there's a lot that we could point to today and say, look, that, that was well managed. Uh, so look, I've been Hazel Hearn Flynn, uh, economist with IBEC. Thanks, Chair, for joining us as well. And thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of IBEC Response. To explore our full podcast offering, visit ibec.ie slash podcasts and make sure to follow IBEC Podcasts to stay up to date with new episodes. IBEC, the voice of Irish business.